Welcome to EmergencyMedicineCases.com's Best Case Ever. This one's an excerpt from episode 12 on the new ACLS guidelines with Dr. Stephen Brooks. So this being EmergencyMedicineCases.com, we've started a new thing that we're going to trial for a while, and that is to ask all our EMC guest experts what their best case ever was. So Dr. Brooks... Let it rip. Let us know what your <laughs> your best case ever. Well, my best case ever, there's no doubt in my mind which one it is because, of course, it had to be a save. <laughs> but uh, we all carry our, our nice saves around in our pocket and it helps us on the more challenging days. But this was uh, a shift pretty early in my career. I think it was maybe even shift number three for me as a staff. The paramedics came rolling into the acute room with a, uh, I think he was about 48 years old, and they picked him up with uh, some complaints of pretty minor-sounding chest pain. And uh, on arrival at the emergency room, at the door, actually, he he had what they described as a seizure and just sort of lost consciousness. So he was brought into the acute room, and uh, it was quite clear as I was sort of walking with them that the patient was unconscious, looked gray and ashen, and a quick pulse check showed us that he was pulseless so all the usual chaos of the you know recently arrived arrest patient ensued he's on the ambulance stretcher so we had to get him over a backboard and somebody started cpr a couple of nurses started trying to get iv access and things went very smoothly and uh, i took on the coach role that you know a lot of my mentors had really drilled into me that as a code team leader you're a coach so I started watching the quality of the CPR started whispering in the ear of the the compressor to you know increase the depth or increase the rate or you're doing fine made sure we had a couple people lining up next in line to make a smooth transition over to avoid fatigue and get ready for that two minute switch over but despite that we couldn't seem to get a pulse back he went through a few rounds uh, he had ventricular fibrillation as a first rhythm, and we shocked him a couple times. And then I think it was on the third shock, and he had received some epinephrine and amiodarone. We got a, a perfusing rhythm back with a, a narrow complex rhythm, and we had just enough time to snap a 12-lead ECG. And there was very obvious anterior ST elevation of about 4 millimeters across the anterior leads, and as soon as we snapped that picture, he rearrested, And he went through another couple shocks. And I had this ECG sitting there with ST elevation on it. And I couldn't get a pulse back. It happened that there was a cardiology fellow in the room seeing another patient. And we had a quick consultation together and decided that, you know, really we weren't going to be able to move him up to the lab. It was We were in the middle of the late evening, I think. And we decided that you know, we're stepping outside the evidence really, but we were going to give him lytic. And so we gave him a dose of lytic and we're now about, I think 35 minutes into the arrest, maybe a little bit longer, most of the time him receiving CPR. And we gave him lytic and another couple rounds of CPR to make sure we were circulating the drug. And he got shocked out of VFib and got a pulse back. He was comatose. We had intubated him sometime during that during the arrest, but he after that was actually quite stable. We did repeated the ECG. The ST segments had come down, 
and uh, he stabilized. We instituted hypothermia, and he went up to the ICU, and I went home after that shift and felt pretty good about myself, but I wasn't quite sure about how his neurologic outcome was going to be. So the next morning I went and I expected to be seeing him intubated and drugged up, but the hypothermia had been ended early because he actually started to wake up and I went and had breakfast with him. <laughs> the ICU had been extubated and I had some tea and he was complaining about how sore his chest was, but other than that, he was feeling pretty good. So for me, that was a lesson in persisting despite long resuscitation times in sort of looking for where you might have to sidestep the strongest recommendations. In this case, it was sort of lytic in cardiac arrest, but we had sort of a snapshot of the STEMI there and we really had no way of getting him out to the lab. And uh, it was just a fantastic thing to go up there and see him uh, eating an English muffin, <laughs> you know, less than 24 hours after this 40 minutes of CPR. So everybody's got to have one of those every once in a while to uh, keep optimistic about patients with cardiac arrest. And it makes you push a little bit harder, I think, for the next guy. <laughs> awesome. Great case.